We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast welcome into the wednesday edition of the pack a day podcast i am one of your co-hosts dusty evely with me again after a week off is my wonderful co-host sarah kelleher sarah how are you how was your week off did you do anything fun or did you just sit there on a tuesday night thinking man i wish i was talking to dusty right now I it's good to be back. So thank you for the warm welcome. Mm-hmm. Um, although it was only a week off, I, I did miss talking to you. So glad we're here. I did actually do something fun. Um, I went to D- DC to visit a friend. So that was super awesome. I hadn't seen her in a really long time. And she's probably my closest friend. Uh, so it was really great to catch up with her and also just explore um, there's so much to do there. Um, and I really enjoyed the change of weather and, um, it was absolutely freezing one of the days, but Hey, I won't complain. I'll take that over the sticky, humid Florida weather. Um, but it was a lot of fun. And I, I got back later Tuesday in the day and had to kind of, you know, scramble like you do when you get back, especially when you have work the (laughs) next day. So I appreciated, uh, Gage stepping in and doing an episode with you. Um, but yes, I am excited to be back into the swing of things now. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. I had a good time with Gage. I hadn't talked to him before. Um, as I kind of mentioned last week on the show, kind of, we kind of, you know, shot DMS back and forth occasionally, but I never got a chance to talk to him. So it was cool. Um, but, uh, yeah, definitely missed you last week. Glad you had a good time and happy to have you back. Uh, all right, man, we're just gonna get into it here. Uh, so combines going on man like there's not a whole lot of stuff going on we're still there was there was buzz leading up to today like a few days ago there's news i think it was benjamin albright basically said it looks like the that uh rogers is going to be on and he didn't say these exact words but basically he's alluding to rogers is going to be on mcafee on tuesday and he's likely going he's going to say that he's coming back that was that was what was floated out there None of those things happened. Not a single one of those things happened. <laughs> You're waiting for some big news and like, no, no, he, he did not show up on McAfee. No news broke, but it is the combine stuff happened. We did get a, a, a goody presser. So before that, before the goody presser happened, uh, Ian Rappaport talked to Andrew Siciliano at the, at the combine and basically gave the only update we have so far, which is that Rogers and the Packers are in negotiations uh, there are two sides of negotiations. He said it's a short-term deal. 
that make him the highest player in the NFL. And he said it's heading in a good place. Siciliano, to his credit, tried to press him a little bit. He was like, well, it sounds like, you know, if they're working on it, it sounds like he wants to come back with the Packers. And he Rappaport's like, no, listen, listen, I'm not saying that. Uh, <laughs> he, but knows. It, he, he knows. He knows. He knows. He's like, it seems like, you know, he'd be he's already thinking of coming back then. So he's probably coming back. So it certainly seems like it's heading that way. But uh, Sarah, what was your reaction to uh, to that that bit of news from Rappaport? Yeah, a few things on this. So first of all, I wasn't necessarily surprised. We've talked about it the last bit that we both think that he's going to come back um, at least for another year with the Packers and, you know, work on some sort of short term deal. So I wasn't entirely shocked to hear that. It was honestly kind of a relief to finally have some sort of update after weeks Mm -hmm. of just, I'm still making my decision, which I get. (laughs) It's a tough decision. But as far as the little information that we do know about the terms, I just have a bit of mixed feelings about it. I understand why Rodgers wants to be the highest paid player. And I, you know, he's Aaron Rodgers and has done incredible things, you know, back-to-back MVP seasons, things like that. But if you also want to come back and he's a very smart guy and he's aware of the cap situation and what they're trying to do with Devonte Adams. And I'm sure if he's the quarterback for the Packers next season, he would like to continue throwing passes to Devonte Adams. Um, and if you want to try to bring back these key guys and key pieces, sometimes you have to take a little bit of a pay cut. So that part is like, I just, I don't know how to feel about it. I get it. But at the same time, We've seen other guys in his positions take pay cuts here and there in order to help younger players get the deals that they want and that they deserve or help them stay on the team, even if it's just for another season. So I do wonder how important that dollar value is in some of these conversations and negotiations too. Yeah. And it also, um, it, it kind of take with a grain of salt, everything being said, there was a report that came out last week and I'm, I don't have it pulled up because I was not planning on talking about it. But last week there was a, a deal that something that came up saying that Rogers was demanding 50 million a year and how he wanted to be the highest paid player and all of that. And it, I think it was on, on McAfee then while live on McAfee, he texted Rogers and what Rogers said, that's ridiculous. And then, so the narrative changed. You saw a lot of people go like, Oh, Rogers himself said he doesn't want that much. Like, well, that doesn't mean anything. You understand <laughs> Like people say anything, especially this time of year. So it wasn't necessarily true that he was gunning for 50 million, but him saying that he wasn't gunning for 50 million and that he didn't want to be the highest paid, paid player in the league. That also doesn't mean anything because of course he's going to say that it's all, it's a PR thing at this point. So just something to keep in mind this time of year, with all of these quotes, even if it's from the horse's mouth, until there's pen to paper, you cannot believe anything. Speaking of the horse's mouth and taking things with huge, huge grains of salt, Gudikins had a presser today at the Combine, <laughs> Sarah. So I've got one thing I kind of want to hit on. I'll turn it over to you. So one of the things I think it was actually uh, Aaron Nagler that asked it was uh, basically this trend of coaches not being at the Combine. I know the Rams, I don't think the Rams sent anyone this year. A lot of organizations are only sending the guys for a day or two, not the full week. So Nagler asked, like, you know, this seems to be a trend going throughout the league. This is a uh, this is even before the pandemic, and it's even kind of heightened now that teams are kind of starting to pull away from the combine a little bit. Are you still planning on sending your guys? Do you still like having your guys here? And the part of it that I really, really like, Gutekunst basically said, yeah. And I'm going to kind of paraphrase this a little bit. 
He said, um, it's very important to the organization in terms of an evaluation process. He wants to sit down with the players, get a feel for how they may fit in the locker room, how they learn, and that's valuable in making decisions. Um, and to me, that's something I always try to keep in mind. We, we think about the um, think of the, about the combine as a whole, and you think of men running fast, men lifting weights many, many times, all of these things, these brute strength, these physical displays. But the Packers have such a, a great track record of – of bringing guys on of drafting guys who are fit well into organization that are seem like good people, good fits from that perspective, uh, not just from the physical perspective. And so just hearing him say that and think like, okay, the, the interview process that we know is a big part of the combine, but we personally don't have any, we're not privy to any of that. You know, we hear the, we always hear every year. It's the, the crazy questions that come out of it. This guy did that. Pete Carroll took a shirt off, whatever the devil happens. But for the most part, we don't really get a whole lot of insight into that interview process, but that was Gutekunst's main thing was basically like, it's our chance before the draft process or during the draft process, this is our chance to sit down with these guys and kind of see who they are. If we think they'll fit, if we think how they learn, you think of like some of these guys that may have been mocked to them that they kind of have avoided or have gone a different way. So a lot of that comes out of that interview process. So it does sound like it's valuable. And so I just thought that was a, a good insight into kind of the Packers and how they operate and, and what they value at the combine, which is not the same things that we value at the combine. Uh, so Sarah, he had some other uh, points there as well. I thought, you know, he didn't, <laughs> he said a lot. He didn't say a ton necessarily, but he talked for a while. Um, what were some of the other yeah. key things you kind of picked up from there? That's a perfect summary of the uh, media availability <laughs> with Goody uh, yesterday was he talked for a while, but didn't say much. Yeah. Um, so other things, Speaking of not saying much, of course, Aaron Rodgers was the big question that everyone asked. And he said there's no new updates. But uh, when asked if you know he'd hope that he'd have a decision from him by the start of free agency, which just for a reminder is March 16th, he said, I would hope so. A lot of decisions have to be made before that. So that was kind of a duh answer. Like I didn't have to be a GM and I could have answered that question. Um, he also was asked, you know, how many GMs have talked to the Packers about Aaron Rodgers and potential trade deals? And he mentioned, not at all, not at all, not a single person. And you know what? I don't believe you, Brian Gutigans. I, I have a hard time believing that this is true, but good for you for giving that answer. Uh, and the last thing, it was just an interesting note. He didn't explicitly state this during his press conference, but he was asked about Devondre Campbell and Rasul Douglas. And, you know, we've been talking about this pretty much since the season ended, that it's going to be difficult with the cap situation, especially if they're bringing back both Rodgers and Adams next season to keep both of these guys, let alone even just one of them. Um, so we've had a lot of discussions about which one, um, if they do move in that direction, but Gudikins, the way he spoke about it, he really made it seem like they're trying to bring both back. So again, goes back to the cap situation. I know they've restructured um, Jones, Bakhtiari, and um, Clark's contracts already. So we might see some more. Who knows what's going to happen with the Rogers thing? Uh, but some interesting tidbits there. And also, Lafleur will be speaking to the media at one forty-five today on Wednesday. Uh, so I'm sure we'll hear a lot of these same answers in different ways then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Can't wait. Uh, it's going to be the same exact questions and uh, slightly different variations of the answer. Should be fun. I know I'm, I'm very much looking forward to it. Uh, the other news and note thing from today, something you passed on to me, Sarah, was 
The Packers are expected to hire, I'm going to butcher this name, Ramson uh, Gopushin as the offensive QC coach. Uh, and he most recently, I think currently still, is an analyst with the UCLA Bruins offensive line and defensive line. So he played football under Chip Kelly. He is now a coach under Chip Kelly at UCLA. So I just think that's, that's interesting just in terms of, you know, it's a QC coach, not really a ton of input in terms of, in terms of what they end up running, but Chip Kelly is a guy who has famously a very varied run game uh, kind of, kind of does some different gap scheme stuff and the Packers still kind of live mainly in the wide zone world as far as their run game, wide zone, inside zone. So to kind of bring on a guy who has experience in that, uh, in that kind of different run game is, I don't know, it's interesting to me. Nothing, nothing probably comes out of it, but uh, it's interesting hire. Um, so that's just, just a little, just a little note there. I've always been a big fan of Chip Kelly. So I'm excited about that. Uh, Sarah, any thoughts on uh, the hiring of uh, Goldbushin? Yes. I think that this is another move to get Aaron Rodgers back <laughs> on the Packers because they have hired someone from California, which if you didn't know is Aaron Rodgers' home state and he really likes it there. So this is just part of the package again to bring 12 back to Green Bay for another season. There we go. Let's eat run a, wild. The same these. diner, probably. You know, yeah. I don't know. Their right. houses in Malibu are probably right down the street from each other. They watch movies together and read books and meditate together. So yeah, that's that's what the Packers that's why they did this. There's no other reason. Can't be that he's just good at, at his job, you know. Yeah, yeah. Literally no there literally cannot be another reason. Um we'll say before we move on to questions, Sarah, I have uh when I work, I've got a TV on in the background. And I had the combine up and I turn the, I usually have the audio off. I listen to music. I turn the audio on briefly because I saw Nathaniel Hackett uh, up there doing an interview. I just, I love that dude. I'm going to miss that dude. He was, uh, he was pointing out why he wanted to be the regarded as the most handsome coach in the NFL and why LaFleur was such a, a tough task, you know, kind of pointing out, look at his, they brought a, they brought a picture of him up. He's like, look at his face, look at his eyebrows, look at those cheekbones, like just running down all the things about Matt LaFleur. So, uh, very enjoyable. I'm gonna, I'm gonna miss Nathaniel Hackett, but I'm glad he's up there still, just just living it up, man. Uh, just just an absolute delight. All right, Sarah, that's that's our news and notes, man. I believe that's it. We, that's all we got from the combine, don't we? We have to talk about Devonte Adams too. We have to talk about Devonte Adams. <laughs> we don't talk about Devonte Adams, Sarah. Go tell me about Devonte Adams. All right, so quick Devontae Adams update. Um, a few different things here, some from the uh, Goody Presser and then other just reports kind of floating around. So, again, another date reminder, a date to keep in mind. The Packers have less than a week when you're listening to this until March 8th to apply the tag to Adams if they decide to take that route. And both Dusty and I were talking before this, and we really believe that they are going to move in this direction, mm -hmm. as many others do as well. At Gudikin's presser, he also mentioned that there had been constant communication between the Packers and Adams representatives as this tag deadline approaches. Uh, so something to keep in mind, there were also you know, quite a few reports um, about a month ago that said communication was dead and that they hadn't talked at all. So at least it seems like there is progress being made there. Um, and that things may be moving in the right direction for all parties involved. Uh, Gudikins also mentioned that 
and you know, I, I know everyone listening never knew this, but that Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams are two different players. So no, with different players no. comes different situations. So the exact quote was, they're two different players in two different situations, both great in their own right. We are lucky to have them and hopefully able to have them both moving forward, but they're separate. So again, another one where I'm like, <laughs> because I think they are separate. They're obviously separate deals, um, but Rodgers and Adams are friends. They've been longtime teammates and they love each other. I'm sure they're having conversations on the side and that influences your decision-making. You have bias in those decisions. So naturally they're both human beings. They'll probably keep that in mind when they make their respective decisions on their future. And just another tidbit about the cap. So uh, Rob Dombowski from ESPN wrote basically a, a recap of just some of the takeaways that we've already talked about, about from the uh, combine presser and things to look for throughout the week. But he had a lot of great information about the cap. So we'll kind of round off our news before we jump into questions with this. Um, so he, I'm just going to read this part from his story. Whatever Rogers decides will create additional cap space. So if he stays, if he goes, if he retires, whatever it may be. If Rodgers doesn't play in Green Bay, the Packers would get between 19.3 million and 26.9 million in salary cap savings, depending on the timing of the decision. So again, that March 16th date is very important. He has one year left on his current deal and would count 46.1 million against the cap a number that will no doubt be lowered by an extension should he decide to return. So we shall see what happens. Again, the 50 million a year reports um, don't exactly match up with that. But as you know, Rogers apparently confirmed himself, that's not true. So just some, something to keep in mind um, as we get closer to those dates and that these this is kind of where the Packers stand in the cap situation and what Rogers decides is most likely or at least should free up some space anyways. Yeah, no, it's good. I totally, uh, totally blanked on that. I know we, I think we had talked last week about, uh, you know, the, the, that, that, that tag having to come soon, you know, like that, the deadline on that is next week. I think that opened two weeks ago. Uh, so yeah, that's, it's all interesting is it's coming down to, uh, <laughs> Packers being over the cap and, and who knows what happens from there. So it should be, uh, should be a fun next week. I think. Yeah. Hopefully. Crossing fingers that everything comes out okay. But it's something uh, I think Jacob Weissendorf talks about a lot. Uh, the Packers rarely, I don't think they ever really talk about a guy they want to bring up back and then do not bring him back. So uh, there's going to be gymnastics for sure. But uh, yeah, I fully expect both of those things to happen. Um, and a lot of people will be upset, but it's, hey, it's not your money. So uh, ultimately, uh, who cares? Uh, all right, Sarah. Round this out, man. Um, we've got uh, got some Twitter questions as always. Thanks to everyone for the questions. We can't get it, we don't get a chance to get to all of them. Uh, but uh, thank you all for sending them in. So, what do we got this week? We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Yeah, so first, um, we got to give another shout out to a listener who sent a fantastic question that was so good, but requires lots of in-depth research. And since it's the off season and there isn't a lot happening outside of some of these deals and talks about these deals, we are going to use this as an episode for next week, pending that nothing major happens on our episode date. So hopefully next week, but at least a future episode. Um, And this question is from Brian Katchelmeyer. I'm sorry if I mispronounced your last name, Um, but he DM'd me a great question. Uh, So I'll read it for everyone. So you have a little sneak peek of what's to come, but he said, I heard on the athletic football podcast, a great question that I thought would be fun to hear your answers for. You are put in charge of starting a new NFL team. What do you decide on the following for your building blocks? So our options are city and division coach, offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, one offensive player, one defensive player for the personnel options. They can be any person still currently working in the league and in either division. So basically we can build a super team. Um, You know, if we have all the power and we're moving all the chess pieces all around the league, (laughs) who would be our super team Um, or the building blocks of a super team. So thank you, Brian, for that question. And hopefully next week that will be what our episode is about. And I think Dusty and I will have a lot of fun with this. So Mm -hmm. thank you. And as always, you know, questions lately have just been awesome that we've been able to do a lot of episodes around them. So, all right, now actually jumping into this week's questions. Our first is from Benjamin McGee, and he wants to talk about the Packers in London. He asked, yesterday's news about the team finally playing in London divided the fan base somewhat as the team has given up a home game. I'm curious to know which side of the fence you guys sit on. Are you disappointed to lose a game or are you happy for UK fans like myself? I'm thrilled for UK fans, man. I think it's awesome. Um, I don't like, it's one of those things I don't, first of all, I don't think I'd care either way if they lost a home game, but now like they still get eight home games. I don't care. I'm not going to pretend to care about the green Bay economy and what this means and blah, 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 but because they still, still get eight home games. You're still fine. I think it's, I mean, we knew this, first of all, we knew this was going to happen eventually anyway. 
Uh, the Packers, I think, were one of the only teams that hadn't been over there, so we knew they were going to be over there. I, I think it's awesome. I think it's it's great that uh, that fans from over there. There are a lot of fans uh, over there that would be able to see the Packers uh, over in over in London. So I think it's a what'd you say, sir? It's a Tottenham Tottenham's um, Stadium, I believe. So yes. Okay. Yeah. It's in Tottenham Stadium, and their stadium is actually designed for large scale events and with the NFL in mind and things like that. So it's it's a much better venue than what okay. we've seen in the past. Um, Tottenham's also my Premier League team, Coys. So I was super pumped to see that. Um, that's on my bucket list to go to a game there. But um, I, I'm with you, Dusty. I'm thrilled for the fans in the UK and just in Europe in general um, who may be able now to go to that game because it's much closer. Um I, there's so many people that I follow on Twitter and that I've gotten the opportunity to connect and meet with that are up at like three in the morning, their yeah. time watching games, and they do it consistently. Mm-hmm. And I think about, oh man, I had to, you know, when I was writing for Cheesehead TV, there were some late nights, but maybe one o'clock here and there every yeah. now and then, every single week they're doing that. And, or they're, you know, at work or they're taking days off work just so they can watch. So let them have this. This is awesome mm-hmm. that they'll they get to do this and celebrate and be there. And also, it's no secret that the Packers have fans everywhere. So we, we've seen the Packers just absolutely take over away games. So I have no doubt that with such a large fan base in Europe and all over the world, that the green and yellow will show out. They will be all over that stadium, and I think it's going to be great. Um, and I'm excited and happy for the people in the UK. And I was a little shocked because I saw the news on my lunch break at work. I was like, awesome. This is great. Good for the Packers. Good for, you know, fans overseas. Cool. And retweeted it, went, finished my lunch, worked the rest of the day. And then later that night on at dinner time, I'm kind of looking at my phone and I see people are upset or people were talking about how people were upset that this was a thing and that the Packers were losing a home game. It's going to be okay. Just let UK fans <laughs> enjoy this. They have are so committed and so dedicated. Let them have this. Mm-hmm. That's all mm-hmm. I got to say. Well, that was a lot, but. Um. <laughs> all right. Our next question is from Ama and he wants to know, who are your draft crushes so far? So Jesse, I believe you said you had a draft crush this year. Yeah, I've got, I said I had one. I've really got two. Um, actually, I have, I have three. I've got three. Um, they're all wide receivers. Surprise, surprise. They're all wide receivers. Uh, Chris Olave, uh, Christian Watson, and Wandale Robinson. Uh, so Olave is will probably be gone. I, I hate this time of year because everyone's like, he's not going to be there by then because some people always fall. Um, but Olave has been a tremendous wide receiver. I mean, I think, you know, one of the best I've seen over the past couple of years in college football, I think he's going to go probably mid-teens or something. But he's so smooth. He's so fast. He's so smooth. He'd be so, so good. So I go him. Uh, Christian Watson out of uh, North Dakota State is just like could turn into a monster. I think that see that guy seems like a kind of a little more developmental, you know, maybe not quite as polished, but could be a monster. And then uh, Wandale Robinson, who I just love, is out of UK. Uh, so I've seen a bunch of him. And he's just like he reminds me almost of Rondale Moore, like just just a weapon, just quick. Uh, quick twitch, change of, change of pace, change of speed, real fast, really tough to bring down. So those are my those are my three, all three wide receivers. I've not dug into the draft too much, but I know what wide receivers I love. So that's that's where I am in the draft process right now. 
You liking wide receivers? I'm shocked. The shocker, I, isn't it? I yeah. know. I know. All right. Our next question is from Matt Gonzalez, and they want to know pizza, calzone, or stromboli. And then they actually, just a few minutes ago, added a second part. More importantly, as a former collegiate musician and husband of another, at Sarah Keller for what do you play in your orchestra and how the heck do you fit practice in with adulting when your job doesn't also involve playing your instrument? I'm cracking up reading this question because I ask myself this every day. So, <laughs> um, so I will start with the first part of this question, pizza, calzone, stromboli, and I'm definitely going stromboli, but this is one that I could say all of the above as well. Um, there was this guy, his name was Anthony, shout out, uh, that I went to high school with. And he was in a big Italian family and they had the best homemade stromboli recipe I've ever tasted in my life. And he used to just once every month or so, just bring it for our entire class. And it was awesome. And that, I I just feel like because of that, I have to go with stromboli because those are some of the finest memories of my teenage years is tasting that for the first time <laughs> and the pure joy I, and adrenaline I felt when I would see him walking into class with the big aluminum tray. Um, the second part, um, I don't know. This is a tough question and I'm still trying to figure it out. Luckily, the uh, orchestra that I'm in is very laid back. We just have rehearsal one night a week um, for two hours. And most of the people in the group are also other people that have other day jobs and that aren't necessarily music. Um, and nobody takes it too seriously. You know, if you have to miss a rehearsal here and there, it's not the end of the world. Uh, but we still all, you know, can play at a high level and en- enjoy doing it. And for me, I kind of think of it as my therapy in a way and my time to escape. You know, that's two hours every single week consistently that I'm not on my phone. I'm not checking email. I'm not on social media. I'm not thinking about work or anything else. I'm just focused on that. And it's obviously a passion of mine and has been since I was, you know, fifth grade. Uh, so that's kind of how I look at it. And instead of thinking of it like, oh, I got to do another thing here, it really does provide an outlet for me to let go of stress and anxieties and worries. Um, so that's just the way that I look at it. Uh, Dusty, pizza, calzone, or stromboli? Part of me wants to go team Ben Wyatt and go calzone, just very strongly <laughs> team calzone. Uh, I'm just going to go pizza because I'm basic and uh, it's, it's versatile. I just, I just love pizza. I did yeah, not I used mean, to love pizza. I just love pizza. So like you said, I could go with either of those three, but I go pizza just because I, I eat more of it, I guess. And it's easier. So I'll just, I'll do that. It reheats better. It reheats better in the oven. I never have, I never have good luck reheating a calzone or anything. What's your favorite kind of pizza? Thin crust, deep dish, just the generic what what's on the it, dusty it menu? Dep- it depends on where I'm going. If I'm going to like Donato's, which has like the thin crust pepperoni, that's tremendous. We also have Jets, which is Detroit style deep dish, Ooh, and that's okay. amazing as well. So it's really like, do I want to do I want to eat just an ungodly amount of bread? And I know the crust <laughs> is amazing. Like, do I want to go that route, or do I want to go thin crust where it's like, listen, man, like it's just you don't really even taste the crust. You don't want to taste the sauce a whole lot, but there's going to be like a billion pepperonis on there. So it's a it's a mood thing, you know. It's just it depends on depends on what mood I'm in. Sounds good. All right, our next question is from. 
Matt Pickett from Hey We Like Your Pod, and he wants to know, two-part question per usual, which non-NFC North team would you least want to see Aaron Rodgers go to and why? And then bonus, a new season is nearly upon us, so what's your favorite thing about springtime? So I'll go first again on this one. Um, Answer to the first part of your question, Matt, Vikings, and that's just because I hate the Vikings more than I hate the Bears and the Lions. Um, And yeah, they... They just disgust me, and I would hate to see Aaron Rodgers play for them. I also think I'm still scarred from the whole Favre situation with the Vikings, so if history repeated itself in that sense, that would be a bit painful. Um, And then the new season, so what's my favorite thing about springtime? I'll give you a very self-centered and um, overconfident answer, and that it's my birthday is at the end of March, so excited about that. and I am going to a couple weddings later uh, this spring too. So a lot of celebrations and good things coming up. That's awesome. Yeah, I think uh, I think the Bears for me for Aaron Rodgers. I just it's I think it's the rivalry. Something about the colors. Like I wouldn't want to see him with the Vikings. I feel bad that neither of us even considered the Lions. But I mean, come on, man. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, it's 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 the Bears. I just I don't want to see him in that in that uniform. The Vikings, whatever. Like you said, the far thing that almost like. That grease the kiss the skids, man. I already survived that. I can do the Vikings. Can I do the Bears? Probably, but I don't know. We haven't done it yet. So I'll go Bears. And then uh what's the god, what's what's the second? Oh, spring. Um, I just like the very first like nice day. I say nice day, like low sixties, and then I'll just drive around with the windows down and just and just listening to music with the windows down. It's just lovely. Um, and then it's summer, like two weeks later, because we don't have seasons anymore. Uh, but yeah, I'll just go the first nice day, just driving around the windows down. Just, it's a really nice freeing feeling. There you go. It's a great answer. I wish I could say the same, but I just get hit with humidity and bugs. Yeah, but, uh... <laughs> all right. Our last question is from Ray Dempster and they want to know with all the talk of a potential change to the OT rules this week, what is the one other rule, if any, that you would like to see changed? There are so many, man, like, like so, so many, but I'm going to keep it simple because I'm not going to get into the whole, like, what is a catch thing? Because that's just, it's so convoluted. This is one I've been banging the table for, for a very long time. Make offensive pass interference, loss of down. Because you get defensive pass interference can be like, I mean, we legitimately saw Green Bay had like a 70 yard pass interference call. You will routinely get like 30 plus pass interference calls. They can swing the game. And yet an offensive pass interference call, which doesn't even get called all that often because they let a lot of that stuff go, is basically a holding call. It's an offensive holding call. I want to see, listen, if the defense can get dinged that much, make it okay offense maybe you don't make it personal foul because personal foul is 15 maybe you make it 10 yards but you make that loss of down as well so now instead of first and 20 you're suddenly sick if that's on first down suddenly you're second and 20 so that that really dings you you know i just i want i'm gonna i i like to pay attention to the offense so generally i'm fine with with the offense getting preferential treatment in this stuff but that always irks me you can have a big game swinging play for defensive pass interference and offensive, it's like, well, it's the same as holding. So just make that, make it loss of down and I'll be happy. You, do you have one, anything, Sarah? Honestly, I like that. I never even thought of that. And I think that's a great idea. So I'm just going to hype you up and, and go with that <laughs> and make you, and we'll end. That's our last question. So we'll end on a good note. Fair enough. All right. Well, yeah. Thanks everyone for listening, Sarah. Welcome back. Um, before we get out of here, do you have any final thoughts? Yeah. Um, I, you know, obviously the world is pretty crazy right now. So just thinking of everybody in Ukraine and, um, you know, people that are all over the world that are being impacted by this, you know, really 
really sad and um, can't even begin to understand, but, you know, just thinking and thoughts and prayers to anyone affected by that. And it's just unspeakable what, what's happening. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, mine, I guess I'll go, I'll go later note. I've got two things. Um, this week later I, on Thursday, and I guess I'll come on, on Saturday. I'm going to sit down with Matt and Dawn and, and do a, Hey, we like your hey! pod episode. So I am excited about that. That'll be, that'll be fun. Obviously we've had Matt on before Sarah. I think you were the first guest. I was, which was pretty cool. And I had a great time. So I'm excited for you to go on. It's, it's a different take. You know, I've been a guest and I know you have two on a few podcasts here and there, but it's, it's really about you and kind of your journey to this weird Packers world Mm -hmm. that we've become part of. And it's interesting to kind of look back and reflect on it. So I hope you have fun. Yeah, I'm excited. Should be uh, should be a lot of fun. And then also today, I'm unsure if I'm gonna be able to make it or not. We're gonna see. My Cheesehead TV is having a meetup up at I think it's Indiana Brewing Company uh, at the combine. I know Nagler is gonna be there. I think some guys from Acme Packing Company are gonna be there. I think maybe some Cheesehead folk are as well. Uh, and so I think that's uh, 6 p.m. Indiana Indiana Brewing Company. Um, so I'm I'm excited about that. I'm gonna try to make the trip up there. Um, just see if I can make that. It's about a three hour drive for me. So if I can swing that, I will be there. And I'm kind of looking forward to that. So that's all we got. As always, uh, you know, thanks for the questions. Thanks for listening. Um, make sure you rate and subscribe on whatever podcast uh, thing you're listening to. I guess uh, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Dusty Evely at Sarah Keller four at Packaday Podcast, and we'll throw at Steve Perhatch on there as well. Thanks as always. Uh, We'll talk to you next week. And as always, go Pack Go. ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need plus you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you call clickgranger.com or just stop by granger for the ones who get it done